Hello everybody, it's Curtis here with another episode of Chickity Chat. So start out just by saying that I um, haven't been super consistent with the podcast. I made the intro in the first episode and then I kind of vanished. Um, it, you know, I could sit here and give it different excuses, but none of those really matter. So my plan is to keep going, be more consistent, and hopefully reach a wider audience. Um, world's been crazy as of late, but... Um, the the benefit of that is far more people are watching the birds and feeding the birds so um it's it's making the community larger which is in turn um becoming more engaging for people and also good for the birds as people create more wildlife habitats in their yards and feeding stations it helps the birds with the populations and uh you know overall quality of life which is which is what we truly aim for um and in return, they, they give us joy for being able to watch them and observe them and, and all that fun stuff. So today's episode, I'm going to focus on um, sort of feeders, but in, in more detail. So in the first episode, we sort of went over different foods and feeder options that you can use. And, um, and, and today, I'm going to sort of explain um, the setup in your yard and sort of the the route you want to take if you're looking for the maximum amount of success now bird feeding it can get a little bit expensive but the nice part about it is it's um not something other than the seed you're not going to have to go and buy a new feeder every every year as they come out with new ones what you want to do is you really want to plan the type of setup you want and and you can you can stagger your feeders and you know add new ones as you go and uh yeah so so basically we'll just go over the different types of feeders sort of how you want to set them up how you want to work them and uh and then you can sort of prioritize which ones you want to get first so the first thing when you are building your bird haven or or your feeding stations in your yard first thing you want to think of is your foundational feeder. Now your foundational feeder is essentially your grand central station. It's the feeder that you want to be most visible in your in your house, so in a main area of your yard that you can see in your house and you want it to be big enough that you can fill it and leave it for f- up to 4 days. Now some people do have the luxury of being home every day and able to fill their feeders constantly but other people you know they go away for business or travel and whatnot and and you want a a feeder that you can leave for a few days and not have to worry about filling it this feeder you you want to keep it with a variety of high quality foods um, seeds and nuts that are that are going to attract 80 percent of your local seed and nut eating birds so depending on the variety of birds they they obviously eat different seeds whether it be safflower sunflower obviously there's different types of sunflowers the striped the black oil and then you've got millet milo different different types of seeds and uh, and then you've got your peanuts and your and different types of nuts so as as I go all through the podcast, I am once I get through the bird feeding basics, I am going to get into the individual bird species, 
probably starting out in the west pacific northwest because that's where i'm located and to have the most knowledge on but i will branch on to the eastern north north american eastern birds and then hopefully eventually into some more worldwide stuff but that'll be down the road as i'm still uh i'm still learning as i go here um however at an accelerated rate but yeah so so in the meantime if you're looking to try to find what what birds you have in your area you can you can do that individual research figure out what birds their preferred foods and then like i said in the last podcast just sort of experimenting put some different stuff out there see what the birds like see what they don't like see what gets attracted and uh you know just because uh say a, a a chickadee prefers mealworms at one place they might they might not eat peanuts i've it's funny i've i've had different birds that you you read that they you swear they like cracked corn and then you buy it and and they they just throw it on the ground they couldn't be less interested in it so it's not always a for sure thing so it is always interest or best um advised to experiment a little bit and before you go and buy a 40 pound bag of food maybe maybe go buy the small five pound bag and and try that out so back to the foundational feeder uh, like i said you want it to be big enough to hold a, a variety of foods and for you know a decent amount of time um it really doesn't matter what type of feeder you use for your for your uh, foundational feeder um, you can use a large tube feeder with a tray underneath of it. You can use a large hopper feeder, a large bird food cylinder or seed cake. So those those big pre-made ones that you can buy at the nature centers. Um, some of them have different sections. So they will have a nut, a nut section and, and then underneath the nut section, there will be a fat. And then underneath that, there will be a seed section and they're sort of pre-cast into a gelatin that just hang from a disposable sort of stick and you can literally just hang that in your tree. Um, you can you can go with big tray feeders, the hopper feeders. It's not super, super um, crucial into what type, but it, it will depend on, on sort of the level of maintenance that you want to do and uh, and how much visual access you want to have with with the birds you have so like i said it's it's gonna depend on your yard your preferences your your level of maintenance that you want to do how many days you're gonna be away from your fear but there's no there's no real rule here um it's just going to depend on your circumstances so why is it so important to have a foundational feeder I mean, everyone enjoys feeding the birds, but like I said, not everyone's there to tend to them every day. So you, you need to have one feeder that you can leave for at least a few days just in case you're not around. If the feeders get empty between fillings, the birds won't be as constantly active and, you know, empty feeders equals no joy. Um, the birds will return if you do let it go get empty, but you know they're they're not going to be as into your yard the the more consistent you are the the better return you are going to get so the first feeder that i'm going to talk about is is probably my favorite type of feeder and that's the tray feeder and these come in a, in a large variety uh you can make them quite easily 
I've, I have three tray feeders on my property and I've made all of them. Um, I, my first couple are not the greatest, uh, craftsmanship as I've really had to practice my woodworking skills, but you can, you can really make these out of anything. Uh, here in town, we have a dollar store that has sort of pre-made wooden trays for crafts and they can be as simple as that just on the ground. Um, what I've found is with the tray feeders, if you got them too close to the grounds, the rodents eventually will find them and, and whatnot. And the, the birds are less protected from cats and other things like that. So I was putting them on chairs and then the rodents climb that. So I ended up hanging one off my deck and I have one for the ground that I'll keep for the winter, just just for the juncos and on the days where the uh, where the bird activity is a lot larger. And then I have one that I built on a sort of with a a shelter over top of it that's attached to a quite a long um, sort of stand. And then I have uh, sort of like a a, ba a baffle on it to protect rodents from being able to crawl up it. So. These tray feeders are, are nice because you can see the birds um, all the time. It doesn't, like some of the hopper feeders and tube feeders, when you're looking out your window, one thing that you'll find is the birds will tend to land on the side that you can't observe them on, which is sort of a pain in the butt, especially if you're taking pictures of the birds in your property, which I am all the time. And um, the tray feeders are great because no matter where they land, you're gonna you're gonna see them and the, the the tray feeders are also nice because like i said you can hang them you can attach them to your windows you can hang them off a deck you can put them on a stake you can leave them on the ground there's so many different options and uh that that part is nice now once you have your foundational feeder set the tray feeders can be supplementary to your foundational feeder so you don't have to be as consistent with your tray feeders. You know, sometimes I leave mine for a week where I don't fill them. The birds do always come and check, but because of my foundational feeder, they're always in the yard. And typically what I do is I leave the tray feeders to the more, um, for the more treat foods. So I don't put seed mixes in there. I put black oil, sunflowers, nuts, um, jellies, you know your fruits different things and more of a treat for the birds mealworms stuff like that stuff that i'm not giving them 24 7 access to like i will have a feeder dedicated for the finches with niger seed and sunflower seed and um you know just your basic seed blends and whatnot for the sparrows i, I try to really observe all the different species that come to my yard especially the year-round species and i i do provide them the food based on the season that, that they prefer because I, I do care about all of them. So with the with the tray feeder, they are really, really nice and, and my for sure favorite type of feeder. And they are, uh, you know, they can be expensive and whatnot, but they are, they are very, very nice to have. And like I said, you can use them supplementally on top of your foundation feeder. And sometimes you can have a foundation feeder, which is a large hopper with maybe a big tray underneath of it. So on, on top of the uh, catching the spill from the from the foundational feeder, you can, you can add peanuts and, and all sorts of different things in there. And it's always fun to experiment with that. Another great feeder option is the fat feeder. So these are your 
your suet cages, your bark butters, your suet plugs that you can put into holes, drill into branches or trees or even just pieces of wood. And, and typically when people think of suet, they think woodpeckers because face it, you put a suet feeder in your yard and you have woodpeckers in the area, there's a good chance they're coming and you'll see them hammering on those uh, suet feeders. And a lot of them are built so that you, the woodpeckers have, uh, they use their tail obviously when they propel up and down trees. And if you buy the type of suet feeder with one of those beaver tail looking plates on the bottom of it, that is for the, the woodpeckers to use their tails to, to push against, to basically support them as they hang onto that feeder and, and take their suet. Now, on top of the, the woodpeckers, actually a lot of species do like the fat and, and different species that eat seed and insects love the suet. Um, it's great in, in nesting season because they, they will actually take the suet to feed to their, um, their, their babies. And, and the nice thing about suet is it's really low maintenance. It's used all year round. I find actually, um, some birds use it more in the, uh, winter, but I find I go through a lot more of it in the spring and summer. The birds are far more attracted to it, probably for the nesting. You'd, you'd think sort of uh, that they'd want it more in the winter due to the, the fat demands to, you know, they to keep warm and alive. And on the cold days in the winter, of course, they need to have a lot of fat. But uh, that's just not the experience that I have. So, of course, depending on the areas you can have, you can attract, you know, pileated woodpeckers, northern flickers, downy and hairy woodpeckers, red-bellied, gila woodpeckers. You know, it's just year-round birds that you'll really love having in your yard. Uh, when it comes to the, the bark butter, this is stuff that you buy from. It's a Wild Birds Unlimited uh, specific stuff, but it's it's great. You literally just take it out with a fork and you stick it to the side of a tree or a piece of wood that you just literally put on the ground or on a stake. It's, you know, the options with this stuff. You just, you spread it like peanut butter. And it's been observed, over 140 species across North America have been observed to eat this. And not only do they eat it, they love it. If you put this stuff up, woodpeckers will find it. Other birds, chickadees, sparrows, really everything's going to find this stuff and they love it. And, you know, this the, the nice thing about these suet feeders is they're so low maintenance. You buy the suet pucks, you put it in the feeder, you hang it, you place it, you stake it in the ground, whatever you do. And you, you just let the birds eat it. And it's so much, I don't know what it is about the suet, but when I see the birds eating the suet, I, I, I really, really, really enjoy it. And, you know, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but they they just love it. And the nice thing about the bark butter is it's designed for the birds to swallow easier. Now, some people will put up peanut butter, but it's very, very, very difficult for birds to swallow. I mean, just go take a spoonful of peanut butter as a human and try to swallow it and you'll be there licking the top of your mouth and chewing and making all sorts of weird noises for an hour trying to get that off the roof of your mouth. So it's it's tough for birds too, but this bark butter stuff, it's it sort of breaks off almost like when you make like a peanut butter cookie and and it's they're soft and they sort of chunk off this stuff is really nice if you have a wild bird store in your in your neighborhood or or somewhere that you can access it online i'd recommend just just buying their cheapest smallest thing and trying it out 
because I really do think that it will be a game changer for your yard. Now, the the amount of birds that are attracted to suet, I mean, it really, really is a long list. You got warblers, oh, sorry, warblers, thrushes, catbirds, thrashers, creepers, sparrows, woodpeckers. I mean, it's it's an endless list. So I would highly recommend getting a fat station into your yard, somewhere visible too, because you're really going to enjoy the uh, benefits of having all the different types of birds and throughout the different times of years, really, really enjoy the suet. It's cheap. Like I said, low maintenance. You're not going to be attracting nuisances with it. I, it's a, it's a must needed staple for the yard. The next type of feeder that I want to talk about is the, the finch feeder. So if you already have a feeder up in your yard, there's a good chance that the house finches have found it. And I absolutely love finches. I find them to be very refreshing to have around. They have, first of all, they're they're around year round, which which I really appreciate. The, I I love the birds that come in the spring and the summer, but the birds that specifically come in the the or sorry, the birds that specifically stay all winter. I don't know. I just feel like I I have a unique appreciation for them not only do they do they stay in and provide me with joy all winter long which is already a pretty tough time of the year to get through I, just the hardiness of getting through i mean in my area it can be minus 30 for weeks at a time you know drifting snow ice storms just crazy 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 weather and to see them stick through it survive and and, and and their their levels of, of excitement when they see spring finally arriving, I don't know. It just it just I really appreciate it. So I've loved the house finches, but there are a ton of other finches, Cassins finches, gold American gold finches. You've got lesser gold finches, pine siskins. They all flock and feed together, and and if you have an area in your yard for them to feed on they will tell their friends and you'll get flocks of these things showing up now the big ticket finch that people love to attract to their yard is american goldfinches and the best way to do this is by getting a specific finch feeder that has tiny little holes in it and the reason you want these tiny type of feeders is because you can put niger seed in them these are a staple in these birds diet and if you have niger seed in your yard they will come in flocks and they're beautiful gold black pretty pretty birds and if you have areas in your yard for them to perch the trees or little homemade branch devices that these things can perch on and a great finch feeder they will bring you so much joy now the one thing that you do have to um really keep in mind with them with well with finches in general is they are picky so they don't like they don't like old food they don't like stale food they don't like wet moldy food so if your feeder if your food has been in your feeder for three weeks uneaten i'm, I'm sorry they're not going to come that that food is not going to be any good to anybody you you need to get rid of the food and refill your feeder and maybe with just a smaller amount until you start getting these guys regularly um, 
also any sort of mold and stuff of, on top of the fact that it's just unsafe for birds to have moldy bacteria filled stuff finches see mold in there they're just going to move on to somewhere where they can get a more reliable sense of food so they are picky however if you do attract them you're not going to have to worry about stuff going bad because they will clean you out now finch blends work well in finch feeders but if, if you get a lot of rain and humidity it could moisten the chips and gum them up and uh, the, the shells of the niger seed can really pile up beneath the feeder so if you want to avoid a mess use only fine sunflower chips in a finch feeder or in moist and humid regions use shelled whole sunflower chips with with a tube feeder with a bit of larger holes so once again depending on where you are if you're in a really wet humid area you might want to just stick with the shelled sunflower and uh and and put them in a good feeder with good size holes for them to get in if you're in a nice warm dry you know area like i'm in the desert in the summer here it's you know we don't we don't get a lot of rain and when we do it's, it's dry pretty quick so using the chips or the niger seed it's not a big deal and as far as underneath the feeder it is a pain but you know once a week i just go out there with a rake and sometimes a vacuum and i just clean the mess up and it's you know not the greatest to have to always clean seed and stuff up but they're pretty good and the nice thing is with the doves and whatnot that we have here they they come and they get their stuff off the ground so i got a i got a big group of chuckers here they're like a wild game bird and they're always cleaning stuff up so depending on like i said and this goes with pretty much everything in, in bird feeding it is going to be unique to your area your your specific types of birds your the personalities of your birds and these are all things that are going to require experimentation but for the vast majority of this information it is going to be universal so if you want finches to come to your yard look into a finch feeder now i like the tube or even the metal mesh ones um there's these little ones they got tubes with these little tiny oval holes that the, the same size as the finches beaks they can just stick their beaks in for the niger seed and the only thing stuff that's going to fall out of there is the stuff they pull out with their beaks and drop on the ground so you will get the shells and whatnot but that's really not too big of a deal there are some bag mesh ones and they seem easy and nice but i've seen so many instances where these birds claws get tangled and you you know the, the chances that you might find a finch hanging from it foot down broken foot or or even worse dead i i i'm not a fan of them i wouldn't recommend them however whatever you know you prefer is ultimately your decision but keep in mind the risks when you're when you're doing these uh these things and if you do find a feeder that has mold in it or anything that clumped it's a good idea to clean the feeder with a 10 percent bleach solution to prevent the uh, fresh seed from being contaminated with that mold because if you know anything about fungi once it leaves its spores and whatnot it just carries on the the spores will always be there and the second the right conditions are meant for those spores to um, colonize, so humidity, temperature, they will just spore all over and you'll have mold all over again. So cleaning your feeders with a 10% bleach solution is not a bad idea at all times of the year. The next feeder I'm going to talk about are the nectar, jelly, and the fruit feeders. So it pretty much goes without saying that most people's favorite birds to have on their property are hummingbirds and 
they're really easy to to please. They live off nectar, so this typically comes from flowers, but as everyone knows, you can put up hummingbird nectar feeders and they love that. It is very convenient for them and, uh, and the amount of joy watching these things buzz around your yard. They're so acrobatic. They're, they're just tiny, magnificent, beautiful birds and, and really a joy to, for any yard. Now, when it comes to purchasing your, uh, your nectar feeder, a couple things you want to consider. You want to consider, now these things in a hot area, you have to clean these feeders every two days. In a, in a, you know, everywhere else, if it's not super hot, every five days at the latest. So, you know, you're every, every work week, you're cleaning these feeders. And um, so if your, your hummingbirds aren't emptying them super fast, just, just put enough in there for them to get through. You don't need to fill the thing right to the top and then pour most of it out when it comes to cleaning. But you don't want them to mold up and stuff. The birds won't come. They won't enjoy it. And, it, uh, and, and even worse, it's unsafe. Now, when you are purchasing a hummingbird feeder, there's a couple things you need to consider. You need to consider how easy it is to clean, how easy it is, is to place, and um, to having an ant mode is important too. A little area of water that goes from the hanger to separate it from the, the feeding ports so that the ants can't climb through the water and get to the feeding ports and contaminate also, you don't want one that's too attractive to bees that a lot of nectar will spill onto. Another really important thing to consider is the type of feeder. Now, if you get the ones that are just big hanging things with a long tube that goes to a tray, those are great, but what you will find is a lot of the time the hummingbirds will go to the other side, so you won't be able to watch them. If you get a tray-style feeder, then you will be able to watch it no matter where it lands and Especially if you're taking photos, that it will be an important factor. So when you put up your feeder, they love red. Hummingbirds are attracted to red. And um, that is the best color. And you want it to be nice and vibrant red. And, and you will get the heat feeders. You will get the hummingbirds attracted to the feeders. And you want to put them up before your, the expected arrival. And if they don't show up, just be patient. You know, you can, you can tie some orange ribbon around the area whether the tree it's hanging on or the the rod or whatever they like red and orange ribbon um, different flowers in your yard they're naturally attracted obviously to bright bright flowers so these things will all help attract hummingbird feeders but the biggest thing is just to be patient um, the recipe for the nectar super simple four parts water to one part sugar the nice thing about that is you can make a big batch of it and you can leave it in your fridge and, and pour it in the feeder every time you clean it. It's super, super, super easy. Now, on top of the hummingbirds and the nectar feeders, Baltimore Orioles also love um, nectar. And they'll come right eat right out of the, um, the nectar feeders as well. But you can get specific orange ones built for the Orioles. They're not as picky. You can do a six to one. So six part water to one part sugar. And they actually will eat that that um, ratio as well they're they're attracted to orange and you can put up feeders where you can stick oranges in them I mean you can stick oranges to really anything you can hammer a nail into a, a piece of wood or stick one into a sharp broken branch and these Orioles love the oranges and this year if you're on the East Coast the Orioles have come to feeders and 
just large numbers and, and I'm in the West Coast, so we have Bullock's Orioles and I haven't seen one yet. In my area, they're not too prominent, but I'm hearing and seeing on, on social media, the amount of Baltimore Orioles is just through the roof. Um, so, you know, different feeders that you can stick oranges into, um, other things like grapes, you can buy jellies. Uh, the, the Orioles also love yeah, red cherries, dark red grapes, apples, papaya, mulberries. And the nice thing is, is on top of attracting with the nectar and the, the fruits, um, Orioles and hummingbirds, you can also attract mockingbirds, northern mockingbirds, gray catbirds, verdans, American robbers, thrashers. And um, it's all in all just, a, you know, another way to attract more species of birds and and the more feeders you add, the more species you're going to get. And the higher quality food, the cleanliness, all this is a major factor in having success. So if you don't already, I'd highly recommend installing a nectar, a fruit feeder, a, a, a jelly feeder, any of these, especially the nectar. I mean, I put out my first hummingbird feeder this year. And the first time I saw a hummingbird, I'm telling you, it's it just it just filled me with joy. And then this time of the world there's not a ton of joy so it, it was really nice for me so be sure to get one of those into the mix on your property now when it comes to feeding birds as i've mentioned um the, as the seasons change the the type of foods the birds eat change the type of birds that are in the area change and it's important to adapt to this if you're interested in constantly attracting these species you know, it's similar to uh, to when you're fishing. Depending on the time of day, the time of year, the type of fish you're trying to attract, you're using different lures. So it's important to have different tools in your toolbox for attracting these different types of birds. Now, there's all sorts of different specialty feeders to, to do this. You can get window feeders that you can a, a suction cup to your windows for really being able to see the birds nicer. You get mealworm feeders for the birds that like insects. You can get peanut feeders. Say you have a lot of magpies or blue jays or Clark's nutcrackers and at that time of season you're going to want lots of either shelled or shell peanut halves and um, you know you can get uh, metal mesh size feeders that little birds like nuthatches and chickadees like to pull peanuts out of um you know woodpecker feeders that you can put on on trees or brand or uh, stakes you can fill the inside with suet and have bark butter on the outside you get different stakes that have different um trays on them you can put you know peanuts in one mealworms in the other apple slices and, and the more di diversity you add to your yard, the more likely it is that you are going to attract more and more types of birds. And, and this is really important. The, the amount of, of different specialty feeders you can add is, is really endless. And the best thing to do is just go down to your local nature center and, and ask them, hey, what, what type of special specialty feeders do you offer? And what are you noticing them attracting in the area? Because it's going to be different depending on where you live. And the nice thing is you can buy these bird cylinders. So they're, 
there are like pre-packaged gelatin cylinders that have a whole variety of different foods on them and the nice thing is you just hang them from the tree and the birds pick away at them and you don't have to refill anything you just put them up and they're gone and the nice thing is is as they estimate that a two pound seed and nut cylinder is will last as long as eight pounds of similar quality loose seed so it lasts longer you'll get a variety of birds and they're great to have so make sure you take a look at uh, you know bird food cylinders you can get them at different nature stores uh, wild birds unlimited here sells a great variety of them and sometimes in the winter they make little snow snowman looking ones and they make covered ones and different perching sections on them and it's it's really quite great so the most important thing to take away from this is one like i said at the beginning the foundational feeder having a feeder that really is your your grand central station that's going to attract a variety of birds 80 percent of your local nut and seed eating birds should should be accommodated in that feeder a good station that's going to last you know days without being filled in case you go away and then supplementing different trays goldfinch feeders or finch feeders in general uh, nectar feeders and and I'm, I'm telling you 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 really supplement these do the research pay attention experiment get high quality food not junk clean your feeders keep your yard nice with beautiful uh, make it a nice wildlife habitat which i'm going to get into in in later episode probably next and um you're going to really reap the benefits of having a ton of amazing birds and that will lead to joy now that pretty much wraps it up for for the feeder section of this podcast hopefully that that is a nice um little addition to the bird feeding basics podcast last time and uh, like i said experiment with different foods mealworms in the spring summer uh, peanuts seeds fruits jellies nectars all these different things suets fats bark butters uh suet pucks uh bark butter bites all sorts of different foods and and i'm telling you it, you know it's joyful when the sparrows and stuff come but when you really start getting a whole bunch of different birds i'm telling you the amount of joy will skyrocket so that's going to do it for this podcast and the next podcast i'm i'm i, I want to do these a lot more frequently I've got some time right now, so honestly, I'm thinking maybe maybe a couple days. I'm going to get into more of a bird feeding um, habitat, so I'm going to be talking about, you know, water fixtures, landing surfaces, um, different things like that, and, and perching, perching surfaces, uh, things you can do for your windows, vertical landing spots for woodpeckers, and, um, and then we're really think to add to this podcast getting into getting into more feeder locations the really you know planning where to put your feeders not just what type of feeders what types of foods but but the best locations for them so please subscribe to this podcast um give me a good rating if if you feel (laughs) i've deserved it and um it is a little bit tough to talk into these things alone, but I am getting better at it. And I'm hoping I, I sort of have some plans once I get through the basics and I start getting into more types of species of birds and uh, 
stuff like that I, I really do want to reach out to some people and hopefully get them on my uh on, on the podcast to share with you guys so please subscribe it will help a ton please give me a, a five-star review if you think i've earned it or whatever star review you think and uh tell your friends if you you know somebody who likes burying or starting to get into it tell your friends grow this podcast with me be part of the story i appreciate your time thanks for listening take care this is curtis goodbye